this series called Activated, and really we've been talking about uh, two guys, Paul and Silas. And Paul and Silas, every town, every place they went to, they had a reputation. And their reputation was that these were two guys that when they came in and shared the gospel and people got saved and they trained and equipped and they activated them, they released them to plant their own churches that they were guys that had turned the whole world upside down. And I want to tell you this morning, we are going to look at a whole community of believers that had the exact same reputation, that they were known as a community that would turn the world upside down. And, and you can see in our thing, our, our message this morning is that we are better together. And you can see this silhouette of, of geese flying and there's actually a great illustration in geese flying, and, and I, I looked at it, and if you've been to my house, pretty much every picture, uh, every napkin, uh, everything throughout the whole house has a bird on it. My wife is known as the bird lady. She plays uh, music. She plays, and, and I wouldn't necessarily believe it except I've seen it and heard it with my own eyes and ears, that she plays, and all of a sudden, the birds will fly by the window, and they kind of have this serenade that goes back and forth, and, and, and so we watch birds, and we, we love them, but I want to tell you, we've always known that in terms of the, the way that they're flying, and they, they go in this V, that there was something to the shape, that's no, uh, nothing new, but they actually did a, a study of them, they outfitted all of these birds with some microtransmitters and some sensors in, in, in this kind of crazy crazy exper experiment, I guess technology has is, 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 is caught up and allowed us to see certain things. So obviously flying in the V, and, and there, was, there is something to the fact that they are in the certain position that they are. They have a leader that goes out front. And did you know that the geese in the back, when they measured the heart rates of all these geese, that the geese in the back, that their heart rates were 20 or 30% less than the birds that were flying in the front? Pretty cool, huh? And sometimes we all need to be the ones out in front, but sometimes we all need to be the people that are just back there kind of resting, catching the draft. But there was actually something more that was even more cool than that, is that they looked at, uh, they could measure airflow off of this thing. And what they knew is that when the birds flapped their wings, and this is especially true in the larger birds, when they would throw their wings down, that it would create this downdraft. But then what they noticed is, uh, and if we got airplane pilots here, you probably know the same thing, that, that on the edge of the wings, though, uh, there was a downdraft, but there was actually an updraft that was created on the edge of the wings. So the birds were positioned right. We knew that. But what they found out is that these birds were actually timing the, 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 the throw of their wings based on the updraft of the bird in front of them or the bird next to them. Isn't that pretty cool? So as they throw the wing down, they're exerting things, and it's true for us. As we exert our, ourselves in the power of the Spirit, I want to tell you that it creates a downdraft, but it also creates an updraft that somebody else, all they have to do is they can catch on it, and they can get to where they have to go. They can get there faster. They can get there with less grief and less pushback. And we all need that. I mean, we were created that way, and you know, and if, and if a geese or a large bird, if they fall out of that formation, and if they don't kind of catch up to the birds when they take off again, they got to stop and get water and food, I guess. That's when we see that big one geese. There used to be 30 geese. They all left, and there's that one sitting there, you know. 
He just didn't get information, or he may have, I don't know where he may have come from, but he didn't get back in that formation, and they get stranded. They don't go to the place where they, they, they winter and, and they do breeding, and they can survive. They're just left in, uh, alone, and they're left, they're left cold. And I want to tell you that community is, is, God's, is God's plan, and, and it's because of this plan that we can see in the early church that, that it was their their fellowship and their their relational unity, but also their spiritual unity. You know, the, the church was formed after the Holy Spirit came in Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 2. So they, they just didn't have relational unity. They actually had spiritual unity as led by the Holy Spirit. And to find out, well, I want to take us back why it's, it's so true and why it's so important for us to talk about this morning is I want to go all the way back to the very creation, God's original plan. We may uh, call that the origins is what it really uh, means in, in, in the Hebrew. We might know it as, as Genesis chapter 1, verse 127. It says, so God created human beings in his own image. So right here we see that the image of God is defined, that we bear the image of God. But then in this verse, it defines it even further with the second statement. In the image, so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. So I want to say, you know, we can look at it and build. you are the the image of God. Andrew, you are the image of God. And you're good representations of the, the image of God. You guys are fantastic men, fantastic believers. But I want to tell you this, that it's really their relationship is the better or the best representation of the image of God. It's true for all of us in all of our relationships, that it's in our, it's in our unity and in our community where God's image, his, his image bearers, is, is best expressed. You guys on board with that? I, could, I don't have time to go through. There. Believe me, I'm not going to just pick out one verse. I got there to this conclusion with a lot of study. You can look at it too if you look at the origins and community and, and, and break it all down. But the other thing that in the New Testament, Jesus said this in Matthew 18, 20. For where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among us. Now, we know uh, among them, we, we know God is everywhere. But what he is saying is that in their relationships, in their unity, that I am especially present. You and I, we, we need each other. And not just so that we can uh, carry burdens and encourage each other. But rather because in community, we exist best as God exists. God is uh, the Godhead. He's God the Father. Three persons. The Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. So when two or three are gathered, we best represent and exemplify God as he exists. But I want to tell you, in America, we've kind of sanitized the gospel. We've done it in a couple ways. One way is there were some pastors that they got freaked out about uh, healing because some people abused it. They manipulated people with it. So they decided to rinse out healing out of the normal, everyday Christian life. And the other thing that they did 
is that they, they turned following Jesus into a very individualistic endeavor. It is a, the classic case. We're so worried now about the church being influenced by culture. I want to tell you that the, the culture has already influenced the church. This Western mentality that says, you know, we're self-made men. We can do it by ourselves. You have to be strong. Big boys don't cry. It's so weak to be able to have to depend on something. We, we made it our, ourselves, and I want to tell you that is the classic case of the culture infiltrating the church. And self-reliance and individualistic trends tend to magnify what we bring to the table by our own efforts in our Christian walk. Jesus meant that we would immerse ourselves into interdependence. We're known as the, the family of God. We're known as the body of Christ. And they kind of rinse this out so that, and I'll tell you, the, the net effect is, I believe, not just the individualistic aspect of it, but if we can rinse out this community part, then that means I don't have to get involved in your messes, and you don't have to get in, in, involved in the messes of my life. It works against the culture, the American mindset. We are the most individualistic society that has ever existed on the earth. I want to tell you this morning that we are better together. Do you know that God's blessings, contrary to what you hear on TV by some preachers, that God's Blessings are intended to be experienced primarily in the context of community. In the Bible, the individual is not central in following God. And that view is, in fact, incomplete. The incomplete view of God and man. That the, the breakthroughs and the blessings, or we got to come and get ours. God was continually, he is continually about blessing, but he does it. He's always looking to bless a generation. He is looking to bless a race. He is looking to bless a nation. He is looking to bless a tribe over and up in a people. He over and over and over again, we can see it, that every personal blessing that he extends, there is always a greater picture involved to it. But firstly is this corporate blessing. We're going to get ours. So hang with me, right, through the rest of this message. Psalm 112 is a fantastic example. There's a lot of examples. Here it says, Psalm 112, it says, Praise the Lord, how joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in obeying his commands. Now you see this as kind of an individualistic blessing. And we're going to hold on to that, we're going to grab on to that, and that's what we're going to live. But there's verse 2. That says their children will be successful everywhere, an entire generation. Do we see this? An entire generation of godly people will be blessed. This is the, the big picture. This is why God blesses. When God blessed Abraham, was it for Abraham's sake alone? It was for the nations that Abraham was blessed. 
So let's look at the, the first church, first model that we have. And let's see how they were able to turn the world upside down. And I want to tell you, it's because they were better together. Amen. They were better together. It says this, Acts 2, we're going to be, yeah, so if you've got your Bibles, we'll be in Acts 2 for a little bit. It says uh, this in verse 42, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all. I want you to, to circle that and underline because we're going we're gonna to park on that in, in, in a little bit. But a deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and miracles. And we can see the things that they did. They did Bible study. They had prayer. They had communion. They, they healed people. I want to tell you that, that maybe all of these things could be done alone. But the reason that they had the impact that they did is because they did them together. All of these things. We can pray by ourselves. In fact, somebody preached that message, right? <laughs> In the prayer closet a couple weeks ago. There are times for that, but I want to tell you, we are strengthened alone that we can go and strengthen others in the fellowship. It was because of their fellowship that they were activated. And it says this, a deep sense of awe came over them. And I want to tell you, I, I cherish this and I believe this is what we are experiencing at, at New Song. It was, a, it was a deep sense. It was personal. It, was, it wasn't just a superficial thing that people, it was, it was, everybody was feeling it. It came upon them all. And notice, they didn't have to work themselves up to it. It just came upon them all. But it was a deep sense of awe. And, I, and, I, and earlier uh, translations that I used to have in red would say there was a, a deep fear. And I was like, well, that didn't make quite uh, a lot of sense. So I looked at it in the NLT, and this is what I love about the, the NLT. And if you look at that, the sense of awe that came out of it, it really does mean, I mean, part of the translation is fear, but in, in the Greek, they're really talking about this deep sense of wonder, this deep sense of awe, this reverential fear of the Lord. There, there was a power. They, 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 it, it stopped time. Church wasn't the same. They weren't going through the motions. They weren't mailing it in. There was something that, that, that came upon them. And they, it came upon them not just because they did those things. I want to propose that it came upon them because they were devoted to those things. It came upon them not just because they did those things, because it, that happens everywhere. It, it happened because they were devoted to those things. And so I want to unpack this word, prosca terero. Prosca terero. You guys want to say that? Prosca terero. It's the Greek lesson for the day. And it means to attach oneself to, be devoted. It says that they were devoted to these things. That they were attached to it, to be devoted, to continue, to persevere. And the, the, the sense of the word actually is, is that it became part of them. You see, it wasn't something that they did. It was who they were. It became a characteristic. It wasn't a, a Sunday only, 10.30 to, to noon kind of situation. Or wait, we meet from 10 to 11. Well, whenever we meet. 
right? They're just talking about a lifestyle. And as they were devoted to it, then the awe came. They were devoted to it, and the awe came upon them. And it was, it was deep. It was profound. There were things happening there that could not be explained by strictly human terms. And I want to say that they, they had this relational unity. I think a lot of churches have gotten there. But they also had a spiritual unity because it was the Holy Spirit that had knit them Together, it was the Holy Spirit that had just burst on on the scene and was saving people and 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 creating this environment. Their meetings were distinguished by moves of the Spirit, and I want to tell you what was happening among them made them different. They were uh, they were distinguished from every other religious group that were me- that were meeting, and there were many of them. They were different from every other social club that had that had come together, I don't know if it was like the stone chiselers club that they had uh, or what, whatever they did, they, they were coming together for different things. They had jewelry makers, maybe they had like the bedazzled club, like crafting. But I don't want to tell you what was happening here with these believers was different than what was going on on the rest of the planet. And that's why this group here turned their world upside down. One of our core values here at New Song is, is family. And it says this. This is right off of the website. It says, we are better together. The Bible describes us as the body of Christ, God's family, And we give of ourselves to bring out the best in each other. We give of ourselves to bring out the best in each other. This is the the way of, uh, we spoke about it before, the way of agape, the way of koinonia, right? Great fellowship uh, that they had. And why is it so powerful? Because I want to tell you that love is activated in community. Love isn't activated in isolation. Absence makes the heart grow founder. I'll, I'll take my chances of just hanging out with my wife. It's in, it's in really getting involved in, in, in knowing each other that, that we can know specific needs. And we looked at Nehemiah in the beginning of this series how... God pointed out to him some needs of his people and how that activated him to prayer and it activated him to take action. And in, in love is activated in community because there we get to know what, what the needs and what needs are. Patience and kindness and hardly noticing when others get it wrong. They all grow when we begin to understand the other person's heart, when we know the story behind the person, doesn't it become a whole lot easier? Have you guys noticed that? That's why we have a whole lot of people, when they come and, and share, we always want to know the personal side, like what's God doing in your life in regards to uh, the offering or in, in the worship or when we have our, our prayer meetings. It's, it's, it's vital. If you want to get to know somebody, I want to tell you that know somebody in the church, sign up for the prayer meeting. Then you get to know the needs, and then you can see, oh, my gosh, it wasn't that they just ignored me because they're stuck up coming in. 
They're in the middle of some stuff. We've got to know, and we all have, we all have a, a, a story. It's in community that we have genuine accountability. You can say you've got a, accountability. I've seen pastors after pastor that have flamed out and shot and 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 went down in flames, and they all said, "Oh yeah, I have accountability." And they listed about five people who they never ever see in their life. And they might be great people. They might be uh, apostles or people that have planted seminaries. I mean, it, the list could be quite impressive. But if they aren't sharing life, there is no a real accountability. The power of agreement, Jesus says, wherever two agree on any one thing, there it'll be. That's one of the greatest powers we have as, a, as believers but if we don't come together, how can we ever move in agreement? Testimony. It's not designed that if we give testimony that we're supposed to drive down the road, roll down the window, and yell our testimony out so that nobody can hear it or go out into the middle of the forest, right? We are designed so that somebody can go, amen, right? If he did it for those guys back then, he'll do it for me now. That's, it def, helps define who God is. It's the power of our testimony. That's why we, we spend time talking about it. If, if you don't know, we have a, a Facebook app that is called New Song Praise and Testimony. And it is focused on this one thing for this very, very reason. So that it connects us. Alright, so let's continue. Acts uh, 2, we're going to... Go a little bit deeper in. It says then, and every time you see unity, if you've got your Bible, just circle every word of unity that you see or in your heart, just bing, as it comes up, we talk about it. Just, just listen to this thing here. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple every day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. And can we see all of the activations, all of the blessings and the breakthroughs of God that, that came through in this community? They, they didn't, they just weren't going through the motion. It was great joy. There was this phenomenal generosity. There was worship. There was the goodwill and favor of all the people. And there were salvations. This is a, a, a pretty cool outreach program, isn't it? Is that our, our connections, they were just completely in the church. They were designed, our connections were designed to be irresistible to the world around us. But instead, we have offered the world other things. They were salvations. Their friends and their neighbors were, were very, very grateful that the fellowship was in the neighborhood. They were open to the influence. They were open to the influence because they saw what was going on. This wasn't some sort of government-forced uh, social program or justice program. 
This was something birthed of the Holy Spirit, and we can imitate it through passing laws and all this other thing, but this is just what the, what the, the a, a community of the Spirit looks like. We're designed to have this influence in, in, in the world. It made them irresistible in the day, and I want to tell you, it needs to be our mantle here today. You know that loneliness is crushing our culture. Loneliness is crushing our friends and our neighbors, and it's, it's quite a, a thing that even in this day right now that we are the most connected people and on that has ever existed on God's green and blue earth, but you want to know this, that we are also the most lonely. That loneliness has, there's an, an epidemic that it has doubled since 1980. How can that be the most connected society that there ever was? I want to tell you, you know what age group is the, the most lonely? 18 to 22 years old. Based according to the reports and the studies that I read. We're, we're so connected, but you know what? We're also the most polarized culture that I think there's ever been. Certainly the, the most polarized culture I've ever been a part of. We have virtual relationships. We have remote working and remote things. I can remember, I, I don't want to scare uh, the young people here, but this is what we used to do back in the day. You could be sitting at home, and all of a sudden, you could hear the door knock. And it was somebody that was just in the neighborhood that decided to stop by. And, and you had to be great at it. Everybody knew that eventually it was going to happen. And you had about three minutes before it would just be like too awkward, but three minutes so that you can hide all the embarrassing things that were laying around your house. And you shoved them in drawers and you put them away and you threw everything into the bedroom, wiped the guest bathroom down and you opened the door, hello. And you had, not, we didn't even have country time back then. That's how rough it was. We had frozen lemonade. Or sometimes you actually had to squeeze real fruit. But I want to tell you, it was a beautiful, awesome thing. And they would stay for about an hour. And you would get caught up on life and you would share burdens. And it might go a little bit longer if, there was, if they were going through some stuff. But it was, it's, it's just how we did it. That's gone. In fact, you can't even... Call somebody now, unless you text them first. And it's, I mean, I, I'm making, I uh, do the same thing. I'm telling you, that's, that wasn't how Jesus uh, expected it to go. We have to be in, involved in our lives. You know, Julie and I, we got together with a younger couple on Friday, and they, they're new to the area, like so many young couples here in this area. They, they've been coming to our church for a little bit. They have a couple of young kids, and they, and they said, you know what, the reason that we're staying here is because we can tell that there's strong connections within the church body. Like, there's a, a fabric that is here that provides us strength, even though we really haven't connected as well as we want to connect, 
and we don't know everybody, we hear stories of people talking to each other saying, thank you for being there for me when I was challenged and going through some things. Thank you for praying for me. They hear that, and it brings them, even though they haven't needed it yet, that they know, like, hey, if we ever needed it, that new song is going to be there for them. And I left there thinking, like, oh, my God, yes. That is a piece of it that we're really getting right and that we want uh, to grow. We want to grow. And I want to tell you that there's opportunities to get involved into home groups. You just go out to the Connect wall. You can go to newsong.church. We actually got a new website. Put a, a little plug there. But I want to tell you, so people are, that, that community, the, 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 the community of the Holy Spirit is, was, is God's answer to loneliness. At least his best one, I believe. And, and also, it's also God's answer to insignificance. You know, the other thing that is plaguing our culture today is insignificance. And here we want it to be where people can find community and they can find their purpose. And I want to look some scripture and I want the scripture to paint a picture for us. This is from the Apostle Paul. And again, listen to the, the interdependency that's, that's happening here. As Paul describes and lays out a manual for the church in Rome, he says this, just as our uh, Romans 12, 4 through 10. He says, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function. You get that? Each part has a special function. So it is with Christ's body. That's you and I. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. Not some of us belong to each other. We all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. Isn't that take the pressure off? We don't have to do everything well. In fact, the only things we do well are just the things that God has enabled us to. It has a certain flavor to it when we're doing things by the gift of, that God gives us rather than our own strength and ability. Has God, given, there is, God has given you the ability to prophesy this church out with as much faith as God given. There is no room for halfway doing this church. We're not supposed to mail it in or go through the motions. Speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. Kind of makes sense, right? If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good, love each other with genuine affection, and take delight in honoring each other. We belong to each other, and, and I know some of us think we're God's gift to the world. Well, here's the, the scripture verse right here, all right? But I want to tell you, the grace of God, the gifts of God, they, grace is experienced best in, in, in community. And just like the the birds that are flying in the V, we all have a part. As we exercise these gifts and as we like throw down those wings, 
that we are creating updraft for our brothers and sisters, the people that are behind us, the people that are sitting on our left and on our right. And it's, it's God's design that we would do this. And you might have thought, well, well, I, this makes me feel pretty good because I, I can't really teach. And the thought of getting up there and doing offering or giving a prophetic word is just beyond terrifying. But I can take somebody a meal. And, and in this list, notice, none of these gifts were more, uh, had more value to the church than any of the others. And I want to tell you that taking a meal to somebody is just as holy, just as important as the best prophetic word that's ever been delivered here. It's it's a necessary part, and I don't even believe that this list is comprehensive, like it just stops here. There's innumerable, however God has hardwired you and and, and enabled you and gifted you, with that, with everything you have, love on the community. Don't pretend. You know who loves you by who shows up at your kid's graduation. You really want to know who loves you? Move. There you find out who your friends are. But this is spiritual stuff that I'm talking about. This is the, are, you, are you catching this? This is what I'm trying to say. This is, this is spiritual stuff here. It's a necessary component to the fabric of a spirit-filled church is just being nice and kind and caring for each other in, in practical ways. And um, So this is a scripture verse. This is my wife's favorite verse. And this is actually the very first scripture verse from the very first service that we ever had back when we were known as uh, Ardent Faith. And this was our motto. This was the verse in which this place was, was launched out of this. And it says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Some of your translations might have outbursts of love and, and, and loving kindness. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. I want to tell you that it's nearer today than it was back here when this was listened. So we're going to give everybody an opportunity to work this out. As you know, um, we believe in, 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 in helping moms out and, and that are in crisis uh, pregnancies. Uh, we do. And our part, as we see it in New Song, is to be a blessing and to be a help and to be uh, a support. And so what we did, we knew that there was a, a mom that had uh, chose life uh, out at out at the uh, abortion clinic. And uh, Andre put the call. Andre, you're here this morning, aren't you? That love life said, hey, we, we need a church to step up and help. So, and we have some other people in our congregation, the Lopez, that are just like wizards with well, maybe that's not the best word to use, like in there. But anyway, they're just—they're unbelievable. They have an, a, a, they have a, a vehicle anointing, uh, I guess you could say, mechanical anointing, and they just—they take cars and they can go through them, and they know if it's a lemon or if it's going to last for a long time. Just a special, special thing. And we put something together, and uh, and uh, I'm going to give you an opportunity to give to that. We're actually going to take a. An offering. We're going to maybe do it in, in a different way, but I, I want to show you this mom's uh, joy as she thought that something was impossible. She prayed and believed. People were telling her that God's your provider. God's your provider. God's your provider. 
she decided to believe it, and uh, I want to show you the, the outcome here. Just the fruit of God, or even just her testimony. This is the first fruit of her testimony, Lord God, that she was willing to live it. She was willing to share her testimony. thank you. Lord, you just opened up a door. You made a way out of nowhere. You made a way out of nowhere. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you had a moment to share, you can slip on this. So I guess he broke the news, huh? Hallelujah, hallelujah. So God wants to remind you as we were in prayer and thinking about all these things. Um, there was a prayer that I gave you at Evidence um, about a year, almost two years ago now, where God said he was your what? Mm-hmm. Nah, he, what did he say? He said, until I send him, I will be your what? Yep. And so God was like, that's what you need. That's what we got. And so God, God says, all these other guys, they, they can be, keep playing, but I'm the provider and I'm the husband. So this is what husbands do. Congratulations. So here's what uh, we needed. So the car was $1,700. Uh, New Song is going to uh, put in $500. So that leaves $1,200. I need 12 people to give $100. I want you to see me after service. Okay? And for everybody else, you had a part in this. So we want to do this over and over again. Do you hear her testimony? Was that God was her provider? 